that's come from men being conflicted. Men bonding is powerful and it helps grow and it helps keep you in check too. Because if you've got guy friends and you're acting out of line, you know what? They're going to call your ass out before anybody else will. So the women who are raising these, these children, the single females, with the, these men that have walked out, they obviously have a very bad taste in their mouth for men in a whole almost because of this reason. So that is ble bleeding over into raising these children. This, these children are seeing this. Sometimes they're, the mother is not aware of what they're showing their children. Sometimes they are, and they're teaching their children this. I think that's where a lot of our tyrants are coming from because this is a false manhood for them because they think that's how they should be. Do you think that's part of it? Just, just to make sure I understand what you're asking, is there you believe that the tyrants are coming because their mothers attempted to teach them how to be men and they didn't have a true man in their life? Absolutely. In today's society, I think a lot of that is is what's what we're seeing. I'm going to address the first part of your question and I'm going to answer the second part. The first part was it, it's absolutely true that if you, as a single mom or a single dad, that you're your past relationships are going to impact the way that you raise your children because you want to shelter your children. You want to keep them safe from whatever harm that they could be coming up against. That's going to come across in how your children are raised no matter what. And then the second part of your question is, is the women attempting to raise young men up or young boys up to be men and then teaching them the way. I don't know specifically if that's where the tyrants come from. It could be, but I really believe the tyrants come from men being conflicted. There is confliction with and, that because they're not being taught correctly. And and that's true. And I mean, I was I was raised that way, which is why it's difficult for me to answer the question. I mean, I, my mother raised me to be weak. And let me, let me take a minute here before I go on to this question. And because I know my mom's listening to this podcast, mom, I love you very much, and I want the everybody watching us to understand that my mother is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. I learned patience and consistency. And just pure stubbornness from my mother. She is a very small, very stubborn, very powerful woman. She's the original church lady. And it was very hard when I turned my back on the way that she raised me and went against everything that she said. And I could see the heartbreak in her eyes whenever we talked about it. And she realized what was happening because all she could see was that pain that had been created in her life. And here was another man going out there and going to create pain in other people's lives. It almost stopped me, but not quite because I knew it wasn't right and I knew there was a better way. Now, the tables have turned, the situation is reversed. I have the honor of caring for my mother now. And I don't mean physically, one of my sisters does that and cares for her physically, but I have the honor of making sure that my mother's bills are paid, that she is cared for and doesn't worry about anything. My mother lives a very simple lifestyle and I look at it as my responsibility to take care of her and I will continue to do that until I don't have that privilege anymore. And I hope that day is a long time away. Mom, I love you and I appreciate you so much. None of this would have happened if it hadn't been for you and the lessons that you taught me when I was younger. Now, to go on and answer your question, it could be where the tyrants come from, but a tyrant is somebody who's conflicted on the inside, is somebody who has one message being told to them and they're feeling differently. So they try and manifest what they think is correct 
and it just comes out twisted and flawed and skewed. And when you are hurting that badly inside, and honestly, society tells men and it castrates men and it's disgusting. It tells men to be weak. It tells men that masculinity is bad. It tells men that aggression is bad. I mean, just so many things I could list it over and over again. Well, as men, especially as teenagers and young men, we have all of these feelings inside of us and we're not supposed to show them. We're not supposed to release that aggression because that's a negative thing. It has to come out somewhere. And when you're confused and you're hurting, all you want to do is make other people hurt as much as you do. When all you feel is hurt and chaos and confusion, that's all you can create. Does that make sense? That, yeah, it, I mean, that, it does. And, and that pretty much sums up today's generation. It, it, it does. It does. There's... It doesn't have to be that way. And guys, if you're watching this and you are one of these men that feels this way, and and this is not, understand, this is not limited by age. There is many men my age and around that never were able to wake up, that feel this same way, that just maybe have been resigned to their fate. Then there are young men out there. There's a better way. And we are attempting through old man energy and through our groups and our associations to create a, not only a better world, but create a better environment that fosters true masculinity, that fosters true male power. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity because true masculinity can not be toxic. It's impossible. Tyrants are being labeled as toxic masculinity. I agree. How do we affect change? How do we make a change? How can we help young men, old men, any men become better husbands, better fathers, better leaders. What do we do? Well, there's a few things. Men have to be forged against men. And I know that that sounds, she's, she's sitting over here laughing at me. They're, they're, I, I haven't come up with a terribly effective way to say that, but men build men. I, I picture Vikings. Yes, men, men build men. And guys, guys tr that truly like each other when they're around each other, they, you'd think they hated each other. Hey, what's up, asshole? What's up, shithead? Oh, wow, da, da, da. you cuss each other. You make fun of each other. You, it's like a competition for coming up with the most insulting way to say hi you can come up with. I've got some pretty good ones for my friends, by the way. When I was young and whenever I first made, started my journey to manhood, I was looking for a man that could help me grow. <laughs> She's laughing at me again. And I, I get I get that. You need to choose better. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> choose a better word. I was looking for somebody. For guidance. For guidance, for, for a mentor, for a leader somewhere. Uh, my father and I were strange at the time. Won't go into the example there or what have you, but it just, I, I was looking. So I would be around groups of men. And I was accepted, which I thought was weird because I don't know, I'm not like you, but I look like them. So they accepted me. But then they all kept saying mean things to each other and smacking each other and just competition back and forth. It was just, it was a weird environment. It was manly banter. It was just manly banter. And now, I mean, now I, I'm, I'm as much of a part of it as I've ever been, but it gave me a unique perspective because instead of expecting that being raised up, I walked into it. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I realized that men bonding is powerful and it helps grow and it helps keep you in check too. Because if you've got guy friends and you're acting out of line, you know what? They're going to call your ass out before anybody else will. And they're actually able to do something about it. Whereas if you're being a tyrant and your wife and kids are not as strong as you, they can't really do much about it. You got masculine friends around, you're being a tyrant. You ain't going to be one for long because they ain't going to let you. They're going to call you out about it. And then they might stop you other ways. So 
forming those bonds and those friendships, those normally happen in school, high school, college, or in the military. I can't speak to the military. I did not have the honor of that privilege of serving. For those of you that did, I have mad respect for you. And I'm using your example just from stories that I've been told and from what I've witnessed of that camaraderie in the field. Aside from that, it is insanely hard to build these bonds of friendship between men in adulthood. I mean, life gets in the way. We got work, we got jobs, we've got responsibilities, families. we got families, we got baseball games, we got all this. It's hard to make time for that. And we start to feel isolated for another reason too, because as we get older, we feel like we should have our shit together. And if we don't, and if we're feeling this way and we haven't made those friendships and had guys to talk to about it, well, we don't exactly want to reach out to some guys and say, okay, well, I, I don't really have any friends. I could use some friends and somebody just to talk to because, well, hell, you, you're a guy. You should have your shit together. So then it becomes a stigma, and we're working to break those down and to overcome those stigmas. So guys that are my age, the elders, if you will, I want you to start paying attention especially if you're holding yourself to the standards of manhood. And standards of manhood are discipline and fortitude and strength and kindness. Whatever your personal motto and creed is, hold yourself accountable, hold yourself to that, and then start paying attention to the people around you, especially the young men. And granted, there's going to be some our age, but especially the young men, because these men are not going to come up and speak with you they're going to be intimidated. And if they do work up the guts to come up and speak with you, well, don't waste that opportunity. Make sure you take a few minutes and give it to them, even if that's all you've got, because it will make a difference in their life. Even if you never follow up, if they know that they overcame that fear, reached out to you and will respond to in kind, they will do it again. If you have time to follow up with them, and if you have time to forge a relationship, a mentor relationship, whatever it is with them, then take the time to do that too, because they're are a massive percentage of the population of young men that want to be good fathers, they want to be good husbands, they want to be good leaders, they just have no idea how. Why not? Because we are a fatherless generation who is now being raised by a fatherless generation. So that gap is huge. And those of us that are pushing 50 right now, we're the ones that have to pick up the slack there. And as guys, it's part of our responsibility. Whether we like it or not, it is what it is. We have to do that. And if we don't do this and we don't step up to the plate and start forging these relationships and giving these men some leadership and some guidance, then we're going to be three levels deep. And I refuse to believe that society cannot recover from anything, but American society is in trouble right now, and it's because we've removed the men from it. It's time to put it back, and it's time to give these young men their power back and tell them it's okay to feel the way they're feeling. And sometimes that's going to be a good message for them. And, you know, sometimes you're really going to piss them off, and that's okay because, you know what, one helps the other, and you never know where somebody's at. Agree? Disagree? What do you think? Oh, I agree. So, do you have any questions for me and my view on it? Um, I do, actually. I, I'm wondering from – a woman's perspective, and given our background, uh, that, that's actually another podcast we need to do. We need to tell our, our story. But given our background, where do you fit in all of this? How do you feel about, I guess, I, let me rephrase the question. How do you feel, how did you feel from your past before we got together, right around the time that we got together, and now 24 years later, and us starting this new chapter of our life, what changed when we met? And what has changed since then? And how does true masculinity, how has that impacted your life specifically? 
Um, well, of course, when we met, I was single, raising the three kids, the three older children. And of course, you know, my ex was not a very, he was a tyrant. He was, he was the, the exact definition of a tyrant. Um, so therefore I was tasked with raising the two boys and, and, and our daughter to try to do the best I could. You came into the picture and I swore, I swore then that I would never let anybody else control me ever again. I would take control of everything that I was doing. My children were under my control that I would never, ever give that up ever. And time went on and I ended up, I guess I just given in because I knew that what you could do, I could not do. And you were coming into your own at the time. You were brand new, um, a brand new parent, I guess you could call it, because you had no children. So you were learning the ropes. But given your past and knowing what I know now, I think you did a very good job given what you were, what you were handed over. And I just, I just remembered thinking, okay, this is, this is it. I mean, I mean, I, th- I think our children have learned very well from it, but I remember that day that I was like, nope, I will never ever let another man have control of my children nor myself. And knowing that and looking at the women of today, I know why they're doing what they're doing. One, why, why the women are doing what they're why doing? Why the women the are raising their children the way they are and the toxic max- masculinities there and they're teaching their children this. Oh, okay. Because okay. it's coming from women. It's, it's coming solely from women, in my opinion, the toxic masculinity. And I was kind of jaded back then. And it, yeah, took, it, took a, it took a strong man to finally pull me out because I was a very strong woman. I was not a mean woman to my children or to, I mean, I was mean, but... I was a strong woman. I could have made it. I could have been made it today on my own. But I remember thinking, you know, there's got to be a better way. I was able to do that with you. But it's something that's got to be learned. And it's something, I mean, it takes a special person to step into somebody's life and be able to change them. What about what about today? What about now? Because for those of you that don't know us, we raised seven children. Her three biological children when we got married. And then we adopted three. And... We got John when he was 13, and he aged out with us. We had permanent custody of him from the time we got him. And understand, in our household, there's never been a distinction between adopted children. It's, it's just they're all our kids. We have seven kids. I tell people I got seven kids. I will use the fact that, they, that I adopted all of them for not shock value, but to make a point sometimes. Usually it removes excuses from men <laughs> that I'm talking to. But So what's changed? That's my question as far as you, you talked about what changed initially. Mm. And you said I wore you down, but I don't. You didn't wear me down. No, you. I guess you. You. It was you showed me that you weren't going to be that tyrant. You weren't going to be that asshole that was going to come in here and win me over, but then just be an ass. Did I, did I do that by changing my behavior, or was it just by consistency in the way I was acting? No, you. When you first when when we first met, you you've been the same across the board. I mean, you are a lot stronger person today than you were then. Because, I mean, I mean, hell, you were 25 when we got together. You explained what happened and what changed to go from I'm never getting married again, from having been married to a tyrant, having a tyrant in your life, to us, us getting married. Well, let's skip over the middle part. We'll cover that on another episode. But now that our children have aged out and now that we're, on, that we're starting this new journey together, 
What, in your opinion, has changed, if anything, about the power, the presence of true masculinity in the world and how that needs to be or could be applied in today's society, the most effective way to help prevent young men from becoming tyrants? I think it goes back to what you said. We're a fatherless generation. People need to to step up and they need to reach out to these children, whether it, it be their church, whether, whether it be schools, whether it be a uncle, if they see these children in their they're, they're struggling and they know that that parent is not being able to fulfill what those children need to be men. Somebody needs to step in. Somebody needs to be able to see that and do something about it. The problem with today's society is people don't want to do anything. They don't want to, to be burdened with anybody else. And it's sad. I remember when we were young, when they talk about it takes a village to raise the children, it does. People don't do that anymore. You don't get that in big towns. You don't get that in places like this. You get it in small towns still but you don't get it anymore. And until people step up and they see that and they address it and they, they try to do something and show people what they can do. It's not, nothing's going to happen. Nothing, which is sad for these children growing up. And based on the example that you just gave, I mean, it's a, not just a population density problem or an urban density problem. And I, I'm going to add one more thing to that. And we are so controlled and not controlled conditioned as a society to isolate ourselves. And COVID did not help this at all with Absolutely the lockdowns not. and everything else. And this is this is not a political podcast. Just understand, we're talking about human nature. We are so conditioned that approaching somebody is bad. And this really manifests itself in young men approaching young women for a relationship. How do you know if they want to be approached? How do you want to know if they don't? That's a whole other podcast. That's something else we're going to talk about. But so we don't reach out. So we don't talk. And it's a huge problem in urban centers, even more so. And there is a problem in the rural area as well, but it's not just because of population density, but because of lack of male role models in general. This is not, this is a systemic problem in American society across the board. It doesn't have anything to do with race. It doesn't have anything to do with location. It doesn't have anything to do with male versus female. It's just a systemic problem that the fathers are gone. They're just not there. And those of us that have the skills are being told that we're getting old, we're aging out. It's time to be put out to pasture. You don't have to lay down and die just because somebody told you it was time. Des and I talk about this all the time. We, we're constantly shocked looking around at people our age that have either already given up or are preparing to settle for less of a life. And it's it's such a juxtaposition because we're just getting started. We're, we're starting new projects and ventures and everyone's, oh, we're empty nesters. I'm so sad. My life is over. I just don't understand. I'm, I better buy a new fancy recliner. No, no, absolutely no. I'm not signing up for that at all. So that's – that's another issue. And you know what, guys, that's, that's, that's on our shoulders as well. That's, that's lack of leadership. We, we talk a lot about being all in in our household. And being all in, it doesn't mean that you have to conform, but it does mean that if you have an idea that you have to commit to it until it's not a good idea to commit to it anymore. I mean, don't keep making a mistake just because you've got time invested in it. But this podcast is a result of being all in. It's a result of me feeling old, sporting the dad bod and just giving up. 
So much drama. I guess a better plan for retirement. No, it was it was bad. I was miserable. I was miserable for a while. We were because I went on to a self destructive bent in behavior. I, I took my life and my wife with me. And, we we all did it. We I all mean, did it yeah. collectively. But I accept responsibility for not being as effective a leader as I needed to be during that time period because, and I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I I, I was trying to resign myself to what society told me I was supposed to be. And until I looked at it, and I went, you know what? Screw this. I am not this person. So I went out, and what do I do? Well, I knew that there were factors in this that I could not control. So I controlled the factors I could control. I could control what I ate. I could control how much I exercised. I could control what I learned. And I could control what I put out into the world. So I decided that I was going to get myself in shape. I decided that I wasn't going to lay down and die because society told me that I'm 10, 15, five years away from being put out to pasture. And I decided that I was going to make a positive difference in as many people's lives as I could. And my goal is to everyone that I meet and talk to on a daily basis walks away from me just a little bit happier than they were when they started talking to me. I'm not able to achieve that 100%, but it's worth working towards noble goals like that. Well, and the majority of them were men. Yes. So, and that's where that, that came from because the majority of the men were drawn to you to, because the way we talk and the way we present ourselves. So that's when you noticed that. So. And in sharing my story, I started to realize that I'm not alone. <laughs> I, I, meaning I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'm not the only guy that feels this way. There's a lot of guys my age that we still have a lot of fire and life left in us and we still have a lot to give. And now that our children have aged out and we've moved from being that full-time dad and father and still always a full-time husband, but from doing that full-time to more of a mentorship relationship with our adult children, it does leave us more time to make a difference in some of these young men's lives that did not have that. And old man energy was born. That's where it came from. And first time I said it, I think it was in a gym video a couple years ago. And I was like, man, I came home. I was all excited. I'm like, dad. Look at this old man energy. I got old man energy. I'm strong. And every, the more I work out, the more happier I'm getting. I'm sorry, I'm getting excited. And she goes, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> that's not going to resonate with anybody. Google it. See what, see what people have to say about it. I Googled it. It was, it was nothing but erectile dysfunction ad. <laughs> it's awful. It was, it awful. was terrible. So, but it, I didn't give up. I'm like, no, no, no. I think there's something here. So, and, and, and understand, guys, she wasn't tearing me down. She was just being matter of fact. She's like, oh, that's a terrible idea. What the hell? We don't go anywhere now that I don't get talked to about old man energy. And I normally wear an old man energy t-shirt because of the message. And I think it's a very powerful message. But even when people recognize me, they're like, hey, old man energy, this and that. So there's a lot of presence for this movement. And there's a lot of need for this movement as well. It's... It's fundamental for a guy, especially a man who's already a dad and already a husband and maybe in a marriage that's struggling, have somewhere to go to learn and to be fed positive, good information. And understand, positive, good information is not always what you want to hear because being kind to somebody is not the same thing as being nice to them. I'm going to use a drug addict example here. If you're a drug addict, nice guys are just going to give you your drugs so you, you'll be happy. A kind person is going to keep you from that, and they're going to keep that from you until you don't need it anymore. But man, in the middle there, it sure looks like they're an asshole when they're really being kind to you. So remember, 
not everybody that you're taking advice from that you agree with is being kind to you. Sometimes they're just being nice and they're just giving you advice. So you shut the hell up and move on and move on. And I think, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was just going to expand on that, but go ahead. No, and I think there's men out there that, uh, that need that, like you talked about before and going back to the shirt, I don't care where we're at. There's always somebody asking what it's about. We've been for hours. We've talked to couples. We've talked to single guys that come up and ask yep. it. It's a, it's an attention getter. And then once they find out what it is, they're all in, they want to know more because you're right. People need to hear it. One of my favorite quotes, guys, is there is nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And as cheesy as this sounds, this is how we change the world. We don't do it by giant steps and big things. We do it one person at a time. We do it by making a positive impact on one person's life at a time. And if you want to understand the power that true kindness and true integrity can have on the world... There is not a single person in my generation whose life is not slightly better because of Fred Rogers. And he even said in an interview, he said, I am not the typical ideal of a masculine man. I can't get in a ring or whatever he was talking. He was talking about boxing at the time. But his power was in his love and his kindness and his consistency. That's how we, that's how we make a difference. We make a difference by choosing to be better men, living that example so people can see it. And a lot of that's done through fitness, guys. It's done through discipline. It's done through control. Because if you see a fit man or a fit woman walk into the room, you automatically know a lot of things about them. You automatically know that they have delayed gratification. You know that they have discipline. You know that they take care of themselves. And you know that they hold themselves to a higher standard and will work towards things that they cannot see right now. Be that person. And then go out there and teach other people how to be that person. How, teach them how to be strong men. Teach them how to be good fathers. And you know what? You're going to have to face some difficult questions. And it, I can't even begin to, to say what some of those difficult questions are. I addressed a lot of those difficult questions in the manual in my first book. I wrote that as a very young man. <laughs> She's shaking her head. But I wrote that as a very young man to address some of the problems that I saw as a young man that I did that I didn't have any answers to that I didn't see people were really getting help from because those were typically questions that dads answered or that you went to somebody that just, it was, it was be ready to answer the hard questions. Be ready to give those hard answers when you get out there and make a difference. We're kind of all over the place. Um, I do have a question for you. So going back to the whole Fred Rogers thing, and then we started on masculinity, went into other things. And um, so you hear people say all the time that masculinity is a way also how somebody looks. They're muscular, they're big, they're manly looking. And I mean, all the things that everybody says. How would you, where would you put Mr. Rogers? He's a masculine man. Where would you put him in that? He was not muscular. He was a very thin man. So masculinity can also be an attitude also. It's 100% an attitude. Well, but people say that, but what I'm getting at is everybody says men that lift, men that have big muscles, men that are like mountains, those are the masculine men. I think that's a misconception. Okay. I, I, I understand your question. And I'm, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because it was one thing that I'd forgotten to talk about that I wanted to. It was a whole reason I wanted to do a podcast about masculinity. 
in 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 the online space in the manhood and the men's leadership space right now there's a huge push about masculinity and and it seems like everybody's talking about it well inevitably we're going to have some people that are disagreeing with other people and a lot of people say they're right and they don't believe that there can be any variance on this or what also i want to address this right now because i was recently talking to a fairly new friend but somebody who was truly upset by this, and I'm going to explain why. Uh, Frisella talked about on his podcast here recently, I haven't heard the whole thing, I've just heard the clip on it, so I'm not taking this out of context, but understand I didn't hear the whole thing. He believes that masculine men do not show vulnerability at all. And that was what came across during the podcast, and I've heard that several times. The other end of that would be Fred Rogers, who is masculine because he showed vulnerability and he was not threatening to children. You know what? And some men believe that their power in masculinity is by being vulnerable around other men and that they're stronger together because they're able to come together and bond. Now, I spent a significant time at the beginning of the podcast talking about that. I'm a hybrid, in my opinion, of those two. I lead with love. I lead with kindness. I do spend an insane amount of time in the gym. That's a choice because I needed the discipline. I still need the discipline. And I want to appear consistent with what I teach. But that doesn't mean that um, Fred Rogers or Jordan Peterson, any of the intellectuals or any less men. I mean, you could, I'm sure you could ask Michaela Peterson if her man's a dad or not. And she's absolutely going to tell If her man's a dad or if her dad's a man. If her dad's a man, yeah. If her dad's a man or not, she's absolutely going to tell you. You can hear it when she talks about him. Anybody that talks about Fred Rogers, there's no doubt that that man was insanely powerful. Absolutely. Anybody that talks about Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, those guys are also insanely powerful. You don't have to agree with everything they say to be on the same page with him. Many paths lead to the same destination. When I tell you I'm a hybrid of both, you know what? I believe that men that are weak and sniveling and cry when they hit their thumb or crush their finger or they get their feelings hurt or this and that, I believe that's it. that is a sign of weakness and I have no tolerance for that. But at the same time, well, you know what? I tear up when old Yeller got shot. And so I was like, oh, man, I, I, I do. And tear up in a movie. Or, you know what? My grandkids do something that's insanely cute. Or I, I see them for the first time in a long time. And I'll, I'll tear up and I'll cry. Or they got to go home. And you know what? That affects me. But I don't turn into a sniveling little idiot. The other piece of that is, is that Des has seen me cry. I can't, aside from my mother, I can't think of anybody else that's seen me cry except for anybody having to be at my buddy's funeral, and even then, they didn't know that that's what I was doing. She seen me cry twice. You want to tell this story? Go ahead. I don't. I. I, I think I need to tell this story. Okay. I don't know. I've already told it three times in the terrible renditions of this podcast that came before. It was a very emotionally traumatizing time in our life. Um, we were newly married, probably four years into our marriage, maybe five. I don't remember. Two of our older children had been inducted by their biological father, and two of the children that we were adopting that we thought was just about done hit a roadblock, and we had to fight to keep them, and it looked like everything was falling apart. I'd done everything I could possibly think of to do, and we were still at each other's throats, and I just broke down. I was done. I couldn't even tell you the exact circumstances. It was that traumatic, but I know that happened one time. And I think that vulnerability really showed her early on in our relationship what it, what it truly took to push me past the limit of 
I didn't give up then, but I just was at my wit's end. It showed her what I was willing to do for the family and how deep my commitment level truly went. Other time was when one of my best friends passed away in 2016, suddenly in a car wreck. I was as close to him as I am my brother, and it was a very bad time. It was a bad time in his life, and it just, it was terrible. So that being said, did that make me a weaker man in your eyes, or, or what, what did that do? No, it didn't. I mean, I know that everybody has feelings, and they need to express them. Now, a man that I think could walk in the middle of a hundred people and just start bawling for some ridiculous reason, I think is ridiculous. But when it comes to the times like that, where we're, you know, alone and and you're vulnerable, it it takes nothing away from you. Absolutely nothing. And it shows that you are human. And I didn't have a problem with that at all. But going back to the, him saying, you know, that men shouldn't show weakness and all that. I do feel that way in a sense. I think that men in a whole shouldn't show any weakness. And that's just how I feel. Everybody's different. The reason I guess that I feel that way is because I don't want to show any weakness. And I guess it's maybe because I'm a predator. And once I see that weakness, I'm going to pounce. But I can't be the only person out there like that. So it's okay for men to show weakness. And it's, it's, not, it's not a weakness it, to show emotion. But I can see where some people would say that they shouldn't do that. So I see both sides of it. Yeah, no, that's fair. That makes sense. And, and just for the record, guys, out of all the dominant women on the planet, I married their queen. And she said she's a predator. <laughs> she truly is. And it's not to say that, that we're never weak. It's just to say that the guys need to deal with it differently. I mean, we're, we're the ones built to be out there. And she doesn't like this reference, but we're the ones built to be out there to take the torpedoes. We're built for that stress. We're built to be the leaders, to be in the front, to be the ones putting up with the stress. Our spouse, our significant other, they're not the same as us. They're not any less important than we are, but we're built for different things. Guys, we're, we're, we're built to be tanks. They're built to make sure that our families are taken care of, that we're cared for, that we are nurtured. And whenever we start expecting our women to step up into a place and we start abdicating our duties and our responsibilities as men, your relationship starts falling apart. And no matter how you try to dress that up, that's just the way it is. Crossing the line there with some people now. Well, you know, the truth is what it is. We're either going to start this off with a bang and start saying truth or we're going to tiptoe around everything. I don't have a problem with that. I don't, I mean, I have no problem with that. We have a very traditional marriage. They should know. And I don't have a problem with that, but some people do. I mean, that's their life. They don't have to look at it that way. But I was just saying, you saying that you're going to cross some lines. Some people will be going to blowing up your, your DMs. Well, you know what? Um, hopefully I, I strike a chord with more people on a positive note than I do on a negative note. But the truth is what it is. And they're, one of the problems and one of the reasons the men are in the position that they're in today and they're struggling so much today is because people won't say what's on their mind. They will look at something that's black and say it's blue to keep offending from people because they don't want to say the word black. Or they'll look at something that's red and say it's green because this person over here believes that green is better than red. And it's just We've got to quit lying to each other about the truth. We've got to quit pretending that something's this way when it's this way. If truth, the, the beautiful thing about truth is it doesn't require belief to be true. It's still 
truth. Millions of years of evolution have put men and women together to form a more functional society because moving forward, we can handle different roles in the family. Neither one of them is less important than the other one. But if I step down tomorrow and stopped putting up with all of the external BS that comes from our businesses, from our kids, from our family, from all of that, we wouldn't be sitting here a year from now together on this podcast. Because I'm a predator. You know, I, she wouldn't stay. And we've been together 25 years, or 24 years. 24. We're almost 25 years. We've been together 24 years in about two weeks, maybe three. But doesn't doesn't matter if I stopped being a man and stopped honoring her by fulfilling the role that she married me to fill, she wouldn't allow me to fill it anymore. I, Sorry, I'm like a little kid over here giggling. I mean, there's no, well, there's no, there's no way. We can't obfuscate the truth. And if we're going to get on here, we're going to tell the truth and we're going to talk about our relationship. And I'm going to constantly refer to you because you do give me a strength and source of power and some incredibly sage advice and wisdom from time to time. Then we got to tell the truth. Would you yeah. like me to go make you a sandwich? Yes, I would like a sandwich. No, no, I don't want a sandwich. But, but here's the thing, guys. I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. She will. She'll take care of me. She does take care of me. Now, granted, I do a lot of taking care of her too, and we, we've crafted an incredible lifestyle. And you know what? That's another reason for this message and for this podcast is because we want people out there to know not only can you have a good relationship. You can have time with your family. You can have time with your kids. And that's why whenever I was finding my purpose and what I wanted to do after the kids were aging out and we had all this free time left at home is I wanted to show people that, no, just because society says you've got to work 40 years and then you can retire and maybe do what you want, that is absolutely not true. Guys, the, the, the Old Man Energy Coaching Group is set up to teach you how to have a better life. This podcast is going to be presented free indefinitely so that you can pull some value from it and maybe help improve your relationship or help improve your life a little bit. We're teaching. I am teaching. I'm teaching men how to be men. I'm teaching what I've learned in business on how to be free, being a full-time entrepreneur for 20 years. Not having to have worked for anybody else for 20 years, being able to go on vacation whenever we want to, and having the money to be able to do that in addition to the money of raising seven children. We're setting out to make as large a difference in as many people's lives as possible. And it starts with belief. And you do not engender belief by hiding the truth, by being weak, being weak, by not saying what is on your mind and what needs to be said. That's it. So I think... Um, I think we had a powerful message. I am glad that you guys stuck with us as long as you did on this episode of Old Man Energy. If you found some value here, please share it with your friends. Talk about it. That's how we grow. That's how we change the world, one person at a time. If you don't follow us on social media, go find me on social media. Like, share, subscribe, click, follow the link in the bio. Do all the things, whichever one applies. But go out there and make sure that you're getting exposed to our content every day, that you are getting a piece of the humor that's associated with our lifestyle because we pick at each other all the time, but we have a good time doing it, that you get to see just some of the fun that we have in addition to these very serious topics that we're going to be addressing on here. 
I'm excited about what's coming up and I'm excited about the format of this podcast. I think it's going to be awesome. And maybe if we do a long enough podcast, we'll even get Des to pop on camera with us from time to time. Listen, you want to say goodbye? Get anything you want to wrap up with? We were all over the place. We definitely were. Listen, guys, thank you very much. I love y'all. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.